We are back for an all-new episode of SJHL Weekly. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Jeremy Corrigan. Happy holidays. Hope you had a great holiday season spent with loved ones. And of course, a very happy new year to you. We have a jam-packed show for SJHL Weekly this week. Of course, we're going to recap the first weekend of 2023 in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. We are going to announce this week's Players of the Week, hand out some mid-season awards, and we are going to be joined by SJHL leading goal scorer and point scorer Keon Bell of the Battleford's North Stars. But before we get into today's show, we have to give a big shout out to our sponsors because, of course, without our great sponsors, this show would not be possible. Of course, Canterra Seeds, SaskTel, Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, RBC, SaskTel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, Young's Equipment, and Sask lotteries thank you all so much for your support because again like i mentioned without your support uh this show and all of our shows with the saskatchewan junior hockey league would not be possible but of course i do not do this show alone and we have to bring in our great co-host jamie nugabauer and rory mcgoran and we'll start with you rory first and foremost how was your holiday season Oh, it was really great. Always good to have a break um, myself and the players, the staff on the teams across the SJHL. We know how hard everyone works across this league. So to get a little reset, to see family, spend holidays and happy moments together. And now the intensity is about to pick up on the ice 2023 and right here on SJ Weekly. I'm excited. Let's get it going. And Jamie, how was your holiday season? Yeah, really good. Had some in-laws in town. I just heard about a late rumor ahead of the trade deadline that Melfort and Notre Dame was trying to trade me for uh, Matty Barrett, either one for one or maybe some picks <laughs> involved the Melfort broadcaster. But uh, I, apparently that did, trade didn't work out. So I'm still a Notre Dame uh, broadcaster, but I'm very glad to see you guys. I missed you guys and I missed all the great people out there watching. So it's great to be back. It is great to be back, so let's get right into it. It was a busy weekend, 10 games on the schedule, both Friday and Saturday combined in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. So let's take a look at the results, which of course are always presented by Sask Lotteries, our Sask Lotteries look back. The Weyburn Red Wings knocked off the Estevan Bruins 4-3 in overtime. Melville earned a big two points on the road in Yorkton with a 5-2 win. Battlefords 5-1 winners over the Kindersley Clippers. A big win for Flynn Flon, 6-2 over Humboldt. And the Nippon Hawks earning a 2-1 win at the Northern Lights Palace in Melfort. Then on Saturday in the rematch for all five of these games, Melville once again with another 5-2 win over the Yorkton Terriers. Melfort bouncing back with a 4-3 win over Nipwin. A big win for Weyburn at home, sweeping their weekend set with their Highway 39 rivals, the Estevan Bruins winning 6-1. Humboldt bouncing back as well with a 2-0 shutout win over the Flin Flon Bombers. And the Battleford North Stars repeating uh, their result from Friday, a 5-1 win over the Kindersley Clippers. Uh, Rory, let's start first and foremost with the battle between the two Highway 39 rivals, the Weyburn Red Wings and the Estevan Bruins. Of course, going into the Christmas break, the Weyburn Red Wings uh, were out of the playoffs looking in. And after two big wins this weekend over Estevan, all of a sudden going into this week, they are now in the eighth and final playoff spot. It's pretty crazy what a weekend can do when you look at the standings in the SJHL, right, guys? And uh, three out of these series were swept. Battleford's, I don't think that was really a surprise, but Weyburn and Melville, uh, imperative, these victories that they got, starting with the Red Wings. Is it arguable that these are the two biggest wins in the Cody Mapes era for the Weyburn Red Wings over their rival, 
to start the new year. We don't really know what's happening with a few teams leading up to the trade deadline. If you lose both games, does that maybe flip the switch in a different direction? All of a sudden, they come back with two minutes and 42 seconds left in the third period to get back within one, tie it up, and then win it in overtime. And then they just take control in the second game, winning six to one. But uh, you got five points from Ty Mason. Lucas Jeffries, the defenseman, led all D-men with four points. Daza Mitchell stopping 59 of 63 for back-to-back -back victories. The January schedule for Weyburn as well. Yeah, they have Battleford and Melfort. They got two against Melville and two against Kindersley and one against Yorkton. So these wins for the Weyburn Red Wings, I think, can instill a lot of confidence into the coaching staff, the fan base to show up because they're in the playoffs right now. And on the mm -hmm. flip side, yes, the Van Bruins, the loss to Alex Blanchard shown immediately to be a really big one on the blue line. We know Cam Herdlicka is the backbone of this team. I don't know how long he's out for. I was actually shocked. I didn't know he was injured to start 2023. Didn't play either game. Uh, and then, you know, I think if they win that first game, they hold off the final 240. It might be a totally different weekend. They gave Weyburn all the momentum heading into Saturday's game. And then that, you know, game got out of hand and they pulled Jackson Miller nine times in a game, which I don't think I've ever seen before, but I don't blame them for doing it. It is a shot to the confidence of Jackson Miller, but they're on the the power play the whole time they're trying to do this. Weyburn ran into penalty issues in the second period. So they're down by five goals. I get it. You're trying to pull the goaltender, maybe get one or two, and then you're right back in it with the way Estevan can score. So I do understand the tactic. It's just, it provides issues with now goaltending if Cam Lick is not in the net. And we know that a lot of teams, not only in this league, but across Canada right now, leading into the trade deadline, are looking for goaltenders. So the market is thin. And if they don't have Hurdlick in net, I'm not sure where Estevan's going to fall. 100%. And, and just to go back to the, the Weyburn side of things, Jamie, I guess, you know, we talked about it uh, before December 1st when the Weyburn Red Wings acquired Riley Morgan uh, from the LaRange Ice Wolves and how big of an addition it was and how this was going to help this team both offensively and obviously the confidence in the locker room saying, hey, you know what, we're going to be buyers at the deadline. And it seems like that move has obviously paid off uh, immensely so far in the first month of Riley Morgan's tenure in Weyburn. Yeah, just the belief oozing out of Weyburn. I saw a really good version of Weyburn right before the Christmas break when Notre Dame was at Weyburn, and the wings look were flying. And, and look, this isn't the Weyburn team of the last couple of years where they're young, where they're struggling to score goals. The compete's always been there under Cody Mapes, mm -hmm. just maybe a, a little bit uh, of a lack of an offensive edge. But obviously, you know, Matteo Turin is flying. Riley Morgan's come in with instant chemistry with Ty Mason and, Jackson Hassman uh, actually got an assist. He has 13 goals, three assists now to, to leave the pitcher stat category, as they call it. But, yeah, you know what? Kudos to Cody Mapes because this is a veteran team. This is a hardworking team, and they like Mitchell and Schufferster or Shep Oyster and Nett. So, you know, Weyburn, watch out. All right. Now, the other series we kind of touched on uh, in the opening was the Melville Millionaires sweeping the Yorkton Terriers. Jamie, I'll let you start with this one. Uh, what did you think of Melville's weekend? Obviously, two mm -hmm. big wins over their Highway 10 rivals. Yeah, Mike Rooney has been working hard, right, to, to add pieces. So has uh, Cody Mapes. Talk about it there, too. Both those guys not content with this team. these teams being out of the playoffs. Their community's not content. And so, you know, you'd think, you know, finally some of these guys would pay off for Mike Rooney and Isaac Suppen having the week that he did, uh, a guy that's been pretty solid uh, since coming in from Drumheller's 
taking some or from Drayton Valley, part of me taking some time to adjust to the league, and he's finally figured it out. Uh, you know, again, he's been very active, and they've had a very tough schedule of Melville lately. So, you know, Rory said mm-hmm. it. This for Weyburn, for Melville, this was even more of a big one because of where Yorkton is relative to them in the standings. And man, is it tight now for that last playoff spot as Nipwin keeps playing well. Uh, but two five two wins got to feel good for Melville, especially over Yorkton. Two huge crowds there as well in uh, Melville and Yorkton, like over a thousand fans in each rink. Really great to see that. And uh, you know, Mike Rooney extremely happy with this uh, Zach Bansley gentleman who they added from uh, Lethbridge, former. PA Minto as well. So there's lots and lots to like now about Melville. It's not just the Zach Wills and Zach Kane show anymore, folks. There's plenty of offense up front uh, for Melville right now. Uh, Rory, do you want to add anything about that series? Yeah, I, I've said this, I think, on a few shows. I felt Melville was the most underperforming team in the SJHL when you look at the talent they had across their rosters. And me and Nugsy and other broadcasters you know, across the league, we always try to you know, get in the heads of coaches and think, would they trade these guys if they're not having a good start in 2023? You're looking at Wills, you're looking at Kane. Uh, I think these wins for Melville completely changed that narrative now because now they're only two points out. But it wasn't the Noah Wills show. Zach Kane didn't even play. And you had Isaac Supin, five points or six points from him, five points from Nathan Fox, a few from Louis Frederick the Bears. Their power play went four for 14. That's something they've desperately been trying to get going. And it's a good start against Yorkton. January isn't easy for Melville, though. They got, you know, the two against Nipwin and the two against Weyburn. Those are huge games. Then they got LaRange, Humboldt, and Battlefords as well. So you're right. They've added pieces. Melville's a team that I think has to get into the playoffs this year. They haven't been in a while, and they're two points out, so they have a big chance. On the flip side, the Yorkton Terriers, they've now lost four in a row to fall out of a playoff spot. And when you look at the numbers, uh, you know, I don't want to put anyone ever down in a gutter, but it's just, it's bleak looking. Their top score is 32, 32nd in the league. Their power plays last in the league. Their penalty kills 10th. Their goals per game is 11th and their goals against per game is last. So it's just, it's really tough to see a positive in Yorkton right now after losing two huge games to start the year against Melville. They got to get something going. And then my final point for them is where is Caleb Allen at? Because this is a goaltender that we were giving high praise to to start the year. And talking about the goaltending market, you're looking just at stats. Caleb Allen has allowed 18 goals in his last three games. He's allowed the most goals in the SJHL. I don't think that at all says the ability of that young goaltender. And if I was a team, if he comes available, I'd definitely take a flyer on Caleb Allen. But it's interesting to see how Yorkton feels about their roster right now after just looking at the intricacies of the stats, because it's not promising. No, it's not. And obviously, it's even more difficult when you're uh, losing two games the way that they did, especially against their Highway 10 rivals, uh, the Melville Millionaires. Uh, Rory, let's go up to Flin Flon, where you were this weekend. Uh, Two games between the Humboldt Broncos and the Flin Flon Bombers and two very different hockey games. Uh, What did you see from them? Um, yeah, one second. Sorry, Jamie. I saw you raise your finger there. Did you have one more point yeah. on that last one? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to add like the, we, we, you, we've seen this year and year out, right. In junior hockey with, when you have a young goalie carry the load for a long period of time in the, uh, in the SJ, it's not easy. And for Caleb Allen, they were looking for uh, a option B in Weber and Yorkton in net all year long. You know, we'll see if it's Tyson Smith. I don't know. They tried uh, Willette was there too, but Caleb Allen's played a lot of hockey 
more hockey than he's ever played in his whole life. And that's not easy for anybody. And that makes, you know, what I like a Kale DePape, for example, in York did last year that much more impressive. That's all. That's all I wanted to add. Yeah. No, 100%. Sure. And then as for the Flynn Flon, Flynn Flon and Humboldt series, does, has anyone ever went to the Whitney Forum or even a home game against Flynn Flon and witnessed, like, not the most entertaining game possible? The Bombers don't play in boring <laughs> games. They're one of the most funnest teams to even take in, even if your broadcasting team isn't playing them. They're just so fun to watch. They're the most relentless team in the league in the houses of both ends, in front of their own net and in front of your own net. If you don't control the house or at least get half of it against the Bombers, you're in for a long night. The first game, 6-2 score wasn't depicative of the way that game went. It was more of a 3-2 hockey game. However, in the third period, the Broncos got a little frustrated at some of the calls and then went away from the mentality of protecting their house, resulting in three goals in the third period right on their blue paint where Flynn Flon will make you pay. So that's how they were able to take control of that game and pick up the win. On the flip side, on the back half game on Saturday night was one of the best defensive games for both sides that I've seen. Every inch was hard to come by. Only one goal outside of the empty netter was scored, tipped in front, so you had to make it messy. And uh, the Broncos, give credit to their PK, went 14 of 14 against the league's best penalty kill. They've now killed off 34 straight penalties and are 97% on the PK since early November. So. For them, when you look at the stats away from like how we said Yorkton was, they're second place in the league in goals for and second place in the league in shots per game. So they're getting the output and they're getting the, uh, the, the percentage of scoring. They're first in the league in shots against per game. So they don't allow a lot of shots, but they're fifth in the league in goals against per game. So that their goaltending has been the issue. Is Ben Motu that guy in net? Is Scott Barney going to try to bring in one more netminder before tomorrow. I'm not sure, but Motu since taken over has had a 936 save percentage. So he's looked promising. I don't like the size of the sample, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Humboldt and Flynn Flon, they've played two playoff series over the last three years. Flynn Flon won both of them. They're going to play three straight games in a row. They play six games together this year. So far they've played four and it's been split. There isn't much, between these two teams. Every time they play, it is one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen. And just to add to the Ben Motu uh, since taking over, of course, he's also the reigning uh, Sastel mm. uh, goaltender of the month for his strong performance in December. Jamie, did you want to add anything with that series? Mm -hmm. No, just, man, oh man, Jaden Mercier is just incredible like on the power play when he gets going he's got 23 power play assists already that Flynn Flon power play like Rory you got to see it up close and personal I mean you're taking penalties against Flynn Flon you talked about Humboldt getting frustrated if you let that get the best of you Flynn Flon's got a 26.4 percent power play you know is there a better power play quarterback in the league right now maybe than Reese Richmond with with uh, Alex Blanchard gone in Estevan, and man, that just got to give Flynn Flon a lot of credit too. They're they, they're cooking. Yeah, that's why that 14, moving 14 on. on the kill was was pretty crazy, right? Like if yeah. you if you don't do that, you're losing both games probably quite handedly. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, a big one between Nipwin and Melfort. They split their weekend series. Jamie, we, you know, we talked about Nipwin. Obviously, they're playing some really good hockey right now. Uh, they're sitting in that seven spots uh, in the standings. And, of course, Melfort is in that battle between two and six. But uh, two very even games between these two rivals. 
Rivals is right, and it looked like rivalry, and Rory was talking about Humboldt and Flynn and it doesn't look like there's much between them. It doesn't look like there was a lot between Nippon and, and Melfort right now, which is a, a great sign for Nippon, because if there's anybody that they hate more than anybody, probably it's Melfort. But, uh, you know, two two Nippon goals in three and a half minutes Friday in Melfort, and the, the thing that I like to see about that if I'm a Nippon fan is, I mean, Nippon's power play has been good all year long, even when they've struggled mm-hmm. offensively. McGuire Ratzlaff is you know, deadly on the power play. But Xander Stewart has just continued to cook. He's been getting better and better all year. A beautiful power play goal, getting shots through. He's so good at getting shots through, you know, late in the third period. Two big power play goals for Nipwin, you know, over these two games. And, you know, he, he's getting a lot of shots, doesn't need a big windup to get them through to Xander Stewart. And there's, I think a D1 team could do a lot worse, you know, looking hard uh, at him. And then on the flip side, you know, Melfort finding a way to win in the other barn, so the road team's finding ways to win, which is pretty interesting. And Ryan Duguay continues to produce for, for Melfort. You know, he's been as durable as anybody. We talk a lot about the young kids up front, Riley Ash and Zach Summers, carrying the ball for Melfort when their veteran forwards have struggled to stay healthy. Uh, you know, and, and that's been great for their development. But Ryan Duguay, you know, coming in from Drumheller after a slow start for him, um, you know, has been magnificent for Melfort and deserves a lot of credit. Uh, but we talk about GMs that are uh, active. You know, Trevor Blevins year after year is as active as they come. I'm sure he's on the phone right now with somebody. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, great, great matchup. And it's great for the SJHL when this rivalry is as good as it is and both teams getting a win. It sounds about right to me. Yeah, and Rory, I guess uh, your thoughts on that series. And I guess I know we talked about with Trevor Blevins when we are talking about the December 1st cutdown deadline. It was It was very quiet for Mr. Blevins. So do you think uh, <laughs> yeah. he has something up his sleeve ahead of January 10th tomorrow? If there's anyone who does, I think it's him. He's at the top of the list for someone who may wanna, <laughs> might want to add to the team that was the hottest down the stretch that were not named the Battle for yeah. North Stars, right? Uh, it's funny that yeah. Newsy said, I don't think anyone's surprised that it was one goal games and then they split these two. Oh. The first note I had on my list about this series, <laughs> these two teams are closer than people think. And the Nippon Hawks deserve mm-hmm. a lot more credit for what they've been doing throughout the past month and a half or so. The funny thing is, yeah, these guys are rivals. They only are 50 minutes apart down the highway. They didn't play each other for mm-hmm. the first three months of the season. They played four in a row. Now they won't play each other for the next two months of the season. And they'll finish off the year with two of their last three games against each other. So we won't really get to rekindle this for quite some time. And uh, for Zach Summers, since returning back from uh, the World Junior A Challenge, he's been held pointless in both games this year. First time he's been held pointless since November 2nd. So I'm not worried about Zach Summers at all, but uh, they'd like to get him going a little bit coming up in this week's set of games. And finally, uh, the Balfour North Stars, you touched on it, Rory. I mean, obviously, Melfort was the hottest team other than Balfour down uh, the stretch before Christmas. And the North Stars continue to roll two 5-1 wins over the Kindersley Clippers. Uh, what did you think of these games? And I guess, you know, does it really come as much of a surprise, obviously, because Battleford sitting where they are in the standings and where Kindersley is? It, it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's not a knock on Kindersley at all. Like, we've seen them no, compete no, against some of the top teams in the SJHL. It's just how good Battleford's is. And I, I don't know if I'm not looking hard enough, but I need to see more, like, national recognition for what this team is doing now. 31 wins and not a single loss in regulation. Like, this is the story of Junior A hockey in Canada. It's no longer the Brooks Bandits or... What's happening in BC with Penticton, great team. It's the Battleford's North Stars, guys. I don't know how long this is going to continue for, but 
This is one of the most incredible stories that I've seen in a long time. So no, the, the, the weekend set didn't shock me at all, but let's put even more credit on what they're doing. It's absolutely insane. And actually, the second game of that set, a Battleford 5-1 win over the Kindersley Clippers on Saturday, is where we'll also find our Tourism Saskatchewan highlights of the week. Have a look. Now, Tisdale passes it up. Rask, now Dole, and now Kean Bell. Kean Bell with speed out the middle. That's a burst of speed. Bell takes the shot, and he scores! What a goal by Kean Bell. You see, he's chipping the bench on the way by. That's 31st of the season. What a goal by Kean And, Jamie, 31 goals in 31 games for Kean Bell, the <laughs> Battle for North Stars. Obviously, we've talked about Battle for being so good this year. There's so many good things to like, and, I mean, Kean Bell's just, he's one of them. Yeah, like that burst of speed is just not fair, right? And he had scored, like no. <laughs> Kindersley had scored 46 seconds before that. And uh, there was, it looked like to me, you know, just uh, as a viewer, like there was some animosity maybe there growing between Kindersley and Battleford's just, uh, you know, those rivals are always going to be a, a tough battle. And I don't even think Kindersley played that badly in their rink. Just again, Josh Cote doing Josh Cote things as well. On the other side, Battleford's, Rory, you said it, like, winning that many games in a row it's not like they've played perfect every single game uh but then when josh cote is back there i don't know what, what sometimes there's a big force field on the net but man what a beautiful goal ian bell i'm excited to talk to him uh because you know he is uh, taking this league and and you know just taking it by storm and been so dominant and he kind of has all the pieces offensively before we go to the break there, I just want to, of course, everyone does know that the trade deadline is tomorrow for uh, the SJHL and, and Junior A Hockey. I want to get your opinions, guys, if you think it's going to be quiet or if you think it's going to be busy, because I look at the standings, I look at the teams, I don't know who wants to trade players out and get pieces mm -hmm. in looking for next year. The only reason I could see trading players out is, as Nugsy uh, hinted at on his social media channel, is that it's not just a trade deadline, you got to get down to 23 players. So I just got a message from... Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick Nielsen in Weyburn, and Weyburn just traded Sam Bolt, the defenseman, to Dauphin for a PDF. So that's a, a probably an instance of Weyburn trying to get their players down to where they want, and Sam Bolt heading to the MJHL to Dauphin for a PDF. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I also talked about it, uh, you know, in my column. You know, I, and I and I think a lot of people are writing off Kindersley. I I don't think Kindersley's writing off Kindersley. Like, there's such. You know, we talked about what a difference a weekend could make for a Weyburn, for a Notre Dame, for a Yorkton. I mean, they they not any of those teams win a couple games, and it's like, oh, you know, maybe that team is down the gutter here. And obviously, we're right at the trade deadline, so the way things look right now, you know, maybe crystallize what might be happening in the minds of those GMs. Um, I don't think trades are happening within the league. I don't know, you know, how that'll work because I think all twelve teams genuinely think they have a shot. I'm making the playoffs right now, and you, you never know, obviously, but we've seen, you know, we saw um, Mike Rooney continuing to add recently, you know, adding that young man from the Western Hockey League and, and getting Schofield from, uh, I believe, the BCHL and the list kind of going on. And, and you know, Cody Mapes is going to keep adding, I think, too, probably going to try to in Weyburn. So, yeah, I, I don't think teams are trading in, in with each other because there's so much parity because everybody thinks they're a playoff team right now. Like the market in that from the Null is still a thing, the North American League. The market from the BCHL is still a thing. I think that we're more likely to see teams try to bring in from outside of Saskatchewan, and I think it's going to be super duper quiet. You know, moving you know player from Humboldt to 
Notre Dame or to Melford, to, like within the league. So I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, I think it still could definitely happen outside the league. Yeah, there's definitely lots to talk about when it comes to the January 10th trade deadline. And uh, we could sit here and talk about it uh, for pretty much the whole show, but I don't want to keep our guests much longer. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will be joined by the leading scorer of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and point scorer, Kian Bell of the Battleford's North Stars. Get his thoughts on the season so far and what it's been like to play and go on this historic run so far for the Battleford North Stars. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platform forms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. It's Jeremy Corrigan, Jamie Nugabauer, Rory McGoran, and we are going to head to the video chat line. And now we are pleased to be joined by Kian Bell of the Battleford's North Stars. Kian, how's it going today? Good, how are you? We are doing great talking hockey on uh, a little bit of a chilly Monday here in Saskatchewan. But uh, first and foremost, I guess, Kian, uh, you guys, another pair of 5-1 wins over the Kindersley Clippers this weekend. Uh, what do you think of your team's play? Yeah, you know, I, I thought we played a, a pretty good game. It's, the first couple of games after the break can always be um, difficult. I guess there's some rust on. But um, I thought we played an over overall good game. And yeah. Ian, thanks so much for joining us here. You know, throughout the whole season so far, we've been talking about how good this Battleford's North Stars team, but now where you guys are, it's getting towards like incredible territory. You know, 10 and 0, we're like, yeah, they're really good. 15 and 0, 20 and 0, like, hey, what's happening now? What's going on in the dressing room with, with you guys, you know, going out each and every day, continuing to produce like you have been uh, 31 wins and not a single loss in, in regulation yet? Yeah, it's definitely been pretty special to be a part of, and it's it's been so much fun. But in the room, the guys aren't. We're not really focused on that first loss. We're not. We're not like going out every night like scared, gripping the sticks too tight. We're just playing our game, and everybody's on the same page. And um, yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't. I'm not even sure exactly what what we're at for games on games in a row. But it's just been really cool to be a part of, and it's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Jamie? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank, thank you. Uh, sorry uh, there, Jeremy. Thanks for doing this, Kian. I'm, I'm guessing the answer to this question is no, but have you ever <laughs> been a part of or seen anything that's come close to this? I mean, everybody plays minor hockey and on good teams and wins and, and whatever, but this has just got to be something wild. Yeah, right. I was just thinking, like, I've, I've been on top teams. I've been on teams where we finished first, where we've won provincials and the league and stuff like that but i've never been on a team where we've on we've gone on this uh long of a streak so it's definitely been it's been crazy to say the least now kian you're up to 31 goals in 31 games so far this season pretty incredible numbers but Tell me, what's it been like playing on a line with Holden Dole and Jake Southgate? I mean, you guys are one, two, three in scoring uh, so far this season in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. What's it been like playing on a line with those guys? Oh, it, it's been awesome. They're both like com complete players, and they're, they make it easy. To be honest, they they're they're always in the right spots. They're always talking, communicating, and I I even think it goes on to off ice too. Like 
we get along so well and everybody in the room does, but I think that helps with our chemistry on the ice and it's just been a pleasure to play with both of them. Rory? Do you guys do you guys enjoy playing with now a target on your back that you undoubtedly have with the way you've started this season? Every team that goes up against Battlefords wants to hand you guys that first loss of the year. And then, you know, we talked about your first line. We talked about the coaching of Braden Clamosco, Gary Childerhose. What What's led you to be able to get to this start? Yeah, you know, they're unbelievable coaches. They, they have your backs no matter what. And um, like you had said, uh, like you had said before, just we, we know we're going to get everybody's best each and every night. And I think that makes us a better team. And uh, we can't take our foot off the gas, as you know, with playoffs coming up and stuff. So I, I think it helps. And we do like getting everybody's best. We don't want to. We, we know that people want to knock us off that number one in Canada pedestal. And it's it's fun playing. It's fun getting everybody's best every night. So, yeah. <laughs> There you Jim. go. Yeah. And, and and you guys have brought a consistency of performance too. That's so impressive. You know, I got to ask you too, personally, Kian, you know, I, I know people who maybe people come from the outside and look at your story and see a kid that came from the QMJHL and, and came here all the way to Saskatchewan and someone might say, oh, that's, that's random, but it's not random at all for you to play for the Battle for the North Stars. I understand your dad was a legend uh, kind of in the area and is from the area. So maybe what's your connection? How did you kind of end up in the SJHL? Well, it's it's actually my mom and my uncle. So my uncle is uh, the all-time leading point scorer, I think, for Battleford, and he wore number 27, so that's why I ended up taking it. And my mom is an Olympian who uh, just grew up right behind the rink as well. And um, we the only reason why we were out in Halifax was because my, my dad's an RCMP officer, so we've been transferred to... We've been everywhere, so I've lived in Saskatchewan a couple times, so... I guess uh, Braden knew knew me as a player in Bantam, and yeah, when I was out there, he just reached out, and I came back because my uncle and my uh, my mom's from here, so I thought it'd be pretty cool. I just Rory? I just want to follow up there quickly. Sorry, uh, Rory. Uh, you you mentioned your mom, obviously Fiona Smith Bell. For those that don't know, the uh, Hockey Canada scout involved, a great uh, player for Team Canada over the years. What was it like, you know, having her as a mentor and continues i'm sure because she's obviously so prevalent in the game i understood she handed out an award at the world juniors there uh, recently as well so just talk about what she taught you to, to get you to where you are today yeah she's she's taught me everything right along with my dad even though he wasn't wasn't as high up as my mom was in the hockey category he still knows what he's talking about so they've both been there for me since day one and i couldn't thank them enough for what they've done to me or for what they've done for me um in my hockey career and just being as a person too. So she's, a, it's always nice to have a parent that knows the game and can give you pointers like that. So I'm pretty lucky. Kian, I got one more for you and it's uh, it's going to be a new 2023 segment. It's called Rory's rapid fire. All right. So there's no pressure on this. There's just three small questions. Answer the first oh, thing oh that comes to your head. All right. All right. <laughs> so oh we, we all know there's a lot of players on Battlefords that have been getting the praise because of what you guys have been able to do. Who's the unsung hero on the battle for North Stars? Um, I think Jordan Gibbs, um, just being a rookie on the team, and he's he's logged some big minutes, and he's been been a big part to our success. All right, we know that every team focuses on shutting down your line of yourself, Holden Dole, and Jake Southgate. Who's been the toughest opponent for your line to go up against so far that kind of gives you the most frustrations? 
You know, there's been a couple, but I, I think it might it might be humble with um, when they put out Zelki and uh, I think it's Arberg or Marburg, and yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're pretty tough to go against. They're good defensively. Well- well, still four more games coming up between you two, so that'll be exciting to watch. And the final one, you got 31 goals in 31 games. Yes or no? 50 and 50. <laughs> I hope so. I, I've made some jokes <laughs> with my uncle. I think he had 51, so I'm, I've been making jokes saying that I'm coming up. And I don't know. We'll see. It, it's, we'll see, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> no problem. Jamie? There you go. How am I going to follow that entertainment up? Very good. Good stuff, uh, Kian. But I, I just have my, my last question is I was joking, uh, Kian, that when we were sort of handing out Christmas gifts, one of the things I wanted was a DNA test for Josh Cote, whether he was a human being or not, because he just, just seems like there's such a force field on your guys' net night in, night out, when, especially when he's in the sticks. Obviously, Merrick has been great, too, but um, when, when Cote's in the sticks, it seems like he's just un, unbeatable, you know, just, just talk about, uh, you know, his practice habits, maybe what he's like, what's the, what's the secret sauce for, for Josh Cote? Cause he looks like he's a man on a mission all year. Yeah. He, he, he came into this league. I'm pretty sure with pretty much no weight on his shoulders. He was, I think he was, I don't know where he played last year, but he's just amazing in practice. He's setting up cameras and watching his video after practice to see what he can correct he's always doing he's always stretching he's always just he's locked in 100 percent of the time and even when he's not playing he's coming in the room giving us pointers on where to shoot on this goalie what to do and he's just it's it's been awesome to have him back there how do you do in practice against him not very good <laughs> so he's the only one that can stop Kean Bell, I guess. Well, that's too bad. I wouldn't say he's the only one, but he has my number. <laughs> there you go. I guess finally, Kean, uh, big week for the Battle for North Stars. Three games and three nights on the road. I guess. Uh, what are you? Obviously, you guys uh, are looking to continue your hot play. But what's going to be key to your success this weekend? Yeah. You know, going into away games and on those road trips, you always just got to keep it simple. Um, Right. You just we, we got to play our game and not really focus on uh, on the streak. We've when we came in after the second half, we wiped our board and we're on a clean slate like nothing ever happened. So we're just going to just going to keep doing what we're doing and hopefully it'll lead to something special. Well, Kian, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on the start so far this season and best of luck this week on your road trip. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is Balfour North Stars forward, Kian Bell, who has 31 goals in 31 games. He leads the league in goals. He leads the league in points. And the Balfour North Stars obviously lead the league and the country right now uh, in general. After the break, we will hand out uh, this week's Players of the Week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And we're also going to hand out some midseason awards. So stay tuned for that. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. It's Jeremy Corrigan, Jamie Nugabauer, Rory McGoran, and we just had a great chat with Kian Bell of the Balfour North Stars. And um, when it comes to the North Stars, Rory, obviously we've talked about it time and time again, how well they've been this season. Uh, and Kian Bell's been a big 
part of it. Uh, yeah, I know we're going to get to our our midway through the season awards coming up in this segment. I'm sure, Kean Bell might be littered throughout that as well. So, but he's just uh, one of the cogs of a engine that keeps churning along in the SJHL, and a great a great interview as well. Uh, yeah, for sure. And Jamie, a great interview, but also a great player on the ice. I mean, you saw it just with that highlight of the week alone, how talented he is as a hockey player. Yeah, he's, he's the complete package at this level, the speed, the strength, the compete, like he's, he's got everything that the battle for the North stars could have wanted and more from him and on pace for 101 points. Can't ask for much more than that. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, let's announce uh, this week's Players of the Week before we hand out uh, the mid-season awards. Uh, obviously, we talked about it kind of in the recap. Uh, it was a big weekend for a couple of teams, and it'll be shown in the Players of the Week. So, uh, Rory, let's start with uh, the SGU MVP of the week. Coming from the Melville Millionaires, Isaac Suppen with three goals, three assists, and played a big part in uh, Melville picking up two wins over Yorkton. Yeah, um, secondary scoring came through huge for the Melville Millionaires to pick up both wins, identical scores against the Yorkton Terriers, six points there in two games for Isaac Suppin, and uh, was doing it in all fashion, chipped in on the power play, three goals, three, assi three assists, uh, very worthy of your MVP, and they're going to need him to continue that, though, for Melville, because they do have less games in hand than a few of the teams that they're fighting for that eighth spot Seventh spot, Nipwin has a little buffer, but they're going to need guys like Isaac Suppin, uh, Carter McKay, and all these players to continue to produce if they want to pick up wins and get right back into the race. 100%, but congratulations to Isaac Suppin, SGEU MVP of the week. Uh, Jamie, let's move on to the Super U defenseman of the week. Coming from the Weyburn Red Wings, he uh, essentially doubled his point total this season with the weekend he had against the Van Bruins, and that's Lucas Jeffries, uh, who had a goal and three assists. Yeah, I bet if you ask any Weyburn player, there's nobody they'd rather score and play well against than Estevan, is there? And, you know, he did very well. He and Blake Norris, you know, were tremendous together as a pairing. Blake Norris had three assists uh, over the two games, the two wins for Weyburn uh, as well. And, you know, they, they're they two guys that can skate together, to play well together and in their own end too. And, uh, yeah, they're kind of that that new new model of defenseman, not necessarily the big tough physical guy, the one that you know plays defense by having the puck a lot. And uh, Jeffries and Norris did that really well together. And Lucas Jeffries getting the goal, four points, two games, two wins over Estevan, a very deserved winner of the defenseman of the week. Yes, yeah, so congratulations to Lucas Jeffries. And uh, you talked about it, Jamie, sticking with, uh, obviously, the Weyburn Red Wings getting two wins over the uh, Estevan Bruins. So, uh, Rory, will move on to Sastel Goalie of the Week. And sticking with the Weyburn Red Wings, Daza Mitchell was outstanding in between the pipes uh, for the Weyburn Red Wings and their two wins against Estevan. Uh, he was outstanding. And I don't want to put this as a direct fact because I... Don't know the stats of it, but I think Weyburn has played the most goaltenders throughout the first half of the year in terms of different goaltenders getting a start for Weyburn. I think they're up to a five or six or something. But Daza Mitchell comes in with a 199 save percentage. This is what they've desperately needed in net, just a little consistency. We didn't know if it'd be Shep Hoister or Eric Kale, uh, Daza Mitchell. You know, Bernie Weston was in for a few games. But yeah, mm -hmm. Daza Mitchell was outstanding against the Estevan Bruins. 
And that might have been, you know, the difference in that first game to allow them to still be within two goals and come back with a bunch of late goals, win in overtime. And then he was just a wall in that in that 6-1 victory as well. Two wins, a 1.99 goals against average and a 9.30 save percentage. A pretty tidy weekend for Daza Mitchell. So congratulations to Daza Sastel, goalie of the week. And finally, Jamie, moving on to the Direct West Rookie of the Week. We are sticking with the goaltenders, and we're going back to Melville. Clement Labelois had a great weekend for the Melville Millionaires, uh, also only allowing uh, four goals uh, this weekend, helping Melville earn two wins. Yeah, I mean, there just has been just as much uh, concern, I guess you could say, or uncertainty about the goalie position in Melville as there has been in Weyburn this year. But one thing I can tell you is that Mike Rooney feels a lot better when Clement Laboulois is healthy. You know, two wins, made 55 saves, and two wins over... And we talked about the, the rivals for Weyburn that they love to beat. You know, Melville loves to beat Yorkton. That's the biggest one. There's a lot of hatred there. A 932 save percentage as well in two games that Melville had control of uh, in a lot of ways, but Labellois was very, very sharp when called upon. And he beat out two 20-year-old goalies, remember Labellois in camp and uh, in Alexis Giroux and Jared Thompson. And when, you know, when, when he's been there, Keaton Pine has been much better too. When Keaton Pine is, you know, he's up with the Pats, Labellois will carry the ball here just a little bit, I think, for Melville as long as he's healthy. But uh, what a what a big difference maker Labellois when he's healthy is for Melville. We talk about how important Noka Cam heard Licka, for example, is for Estevan. Mm-hmm. But Mal was becoming that for Melville, too. So in recap, SGU MVP of the week, Isaac Suppen of the Melville Millionaires with three goals, three assists. Super U defenseman of the week, Lucas Jeffries of the Weyburn Red Wings with a goal and three assists. Sastel goalie of the week, Daza Mitchell, two wins, a 199 goals against average and a 937 save percentage. And direct West rookie of the week, Clement Labellois, a 2.25 goals against average and a 9.32 save percentage. Now, before we get to our mid-season awards, guys, I also want to give a congratulations. It was announced this morning on the SJHL website, the uh, 12 RBC community ambassadors uh, on SJHL.ca. Uh, it's the fifth year of doing the community ambassadors percentage by RBC. So just want to give a quick shout out to those players of the Balfour North Stars, Jake Southgate, LaRange Icewolves, Ethan Strick, Weyburn Red Wings, Jacob Kalim, from Estevan, Alexa Babich, Melfort, Wyatt Day, Yorkton, Clay Sleva, Flynn Flon, Cole Dupero, Melville, Peyton Costition, from Humboldt, Ethan and Zilke, Nipwin, Alex Johnson, Kindersley, Tylen Hilbig, and Notre Dame, Jared Sitch. And maybe, Roar, do you want to just speak to, obviously, so much part of junior hockey, obviously, it's playing hockey at the rink, you know, time and time again when it comes to practices and games, but being involved in the community uh, is so important when it comes to these junior hockey teams. And uh, obviously, Ethan Zilke is a, a big part of that up in Humboldt where you guys are. It's, yeah, it's the epitome of junior hockey and even more so here in Saskatchewan, which how much these teams depend on their communities uh, coming back and helping with support. So when you have the players and, you know, these are the ones that got nominated, but there's so many players across all 12 teams that do so much for their 100%. community. And it's, it's what keeps, it's the glue of this league is the teams working with the community and the community working with the teams. So for these 12 to get the nod and get nominated, congratulations to all of them. And Jamie, maybe do you want to speak on uh, Jared Sitch and, and his involvement mm-hmm. and, and what he's done for Notre Dame? 
Yeah, let me tell you, Jared, like I mentioned it last year with Kevin Anderson too, like those two guys, nobody loves Notre Dame more than than those two that I've seen. And I know Brett's entertained a lot of calls from people being like, are you going to trade Jared Sitch? And he's like, nope. Sorry, like Jared doesn't want to leave, first of all. But anyways, quick, quick point. Jared Sitch, you know, he, he can, he's been the Zamboni driver at Notre Dame. He'll clean the ice. He's cut lawns. He's shoveled snow. He does everything uh, down in Wilcox. He, he embodies what the Notre Dame wants in human beings as well. Just an incredible young man off the ice, too, and uh, incredible leader for Notre Dame. So I'm not surprised at all that they picked him. Regardless, congratulations to all 12 RBC community ambassadors. And you can read the full article on sjhl.ca. All right, time to hand out some mid-season awards. Uh, we'll get uh, both Rory and Jamie's awards. Uh, we have nine, nine categories to get through. So let's start. I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. Let's start with the most improved player from last year in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League to this year in the SJHL. And Rory, I'll let you go first. Yeah, nine categories and about 10 minutes to work with. So I'll keep this quick. This was a tough category for me. I had four or five players to choose from. I ended up going with Zach Summers of the Melford Mustangs. 13 points in 47 games last year. 31 points in 27 games. He has more goals this year than he did in points last year with 17 goals. And then, of course, he made the World Junior A Challenge for Team Canada West. A great accomplishment. Zach Summers is my most improved player. Jamie, what about you? Yeah, great, great pick, Rory. Certainly thought about him. I'm going to go with Dawson Smith with the LaRange Ice Wolves. 375 goals against 893 save percentage last year. Thrown to the fire with the injury issues to Xavier Cannon uh, up in net in LaRange, but he's been outstanding. A huge reason why LaRange is among the league's elite right now. A 935 save percentage, 15 wins already. Maybe one, maybe the best, one of the best goalies in the league. One of the most clutch goalies in the league. I'm going to go with Dawson Smith. Two very good picks. And moving on, we'll go uh, coach of the year so far. So, Jamie, I'll let you uh, tackle that one first. I mean, how do you not pick Braden Klamosko? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm going to be surprised because oh, wow. even what though Brady Kowalski is just going to win it for the, for two years, it's going to be his third year in a row if he wins it again too, by the way. But I'm going to go with Kevin Kaminsky, stick with Larange. Uh, what he's done with that group, they're more than the sum of their parts with no disrespect intended. They're a good team. Um, but big Saskatchewan identity, big winning identity up there, and they're in third place right now. And some people, a lot of people have them fighting for a playoff spot. I'm going with LaRange's Kevin Kaminsky. Rory? It's Braden Klamosko. It's unanimous. Next category. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Short and sweet. I like it. Uh, let's hand out a Lady Bing for most sportsmen like Rory. Uh, you know what? He's He only has six penalty minutes this year. So there are players who have been able to stay out of the box more, surprisingly. But for me, it's Jackson Martins. If you look at what he's done for the Flint Flon Bombers for the last couple seasons, 109 games played, including the playoffs, where, you know, it gets a little, or not a little, a lot more intense. 14 penalty minutes in 109 games. He's only have six penalty minutes this year as a point-per-game player. As a centerman who has defensive responsibilities, gets PK, gets power play on all facets of all three facets of the ice, he just doesn't go in the penalty box. So Jackson Martins wins by Lady Bing. Good pick. Jamie? Yeah, good pick. I'm going to go with Xander Stewart of uh, the Nippowin Hawks. Also, only six PIMs. He plays over 24 minutes a game for Nippowin, and he plays in all situations, and he's one of the league's leaders in points as a defenseman. 
if not the leader. And he only has six he pims, and he's so solid. Yeah, he's so solid. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Xander Stewart, uh, though, again, Martin's a great pick. Also a very good pick, though, Jamie. Uh, moving on to unsung hero so far this year. Jamie, I'll let you start. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with maybe my favorite player that I don't know personally, and I'm going to go with Lucas Ceccarelli of the Humboldt Broncos, maybe the best penalty-killing guy in the league, over 57% face-offs, mentally switched on all the time. I think he leads the league in uh, in icings negated for Humboldt probably because he just does a little bit of absolutely everything for Humboldt, whether they have a full lineup or not. He's in, he's durable. Uh, I love uh, the way that Lucas Ceccarelli plays, so I'm going to go with Lucas Ceccarelli. Rory? Yeah, this guy did get a lot of credit early in the season, but it's fallen off, and I don't think it has because their team hasn't fallen off. And I'm going to go with McGuire Ratzlav of the Nippon Hawks. He's the captain of a team that no one expected to be in the spot they are right now, or at least I didn't. And he has 19 goals in the season. So he's the leader of that Hawks team that I think is uh, performing way above where people expected them to this year. So McGuire Ratzlav is my unsung hero. Very good picks, guys. Uh, moving on, top rookie so far this year. I mean, there's there's a handful of really good rookies this year in the SJHL. Rory, you want to start? I'm, I'm sticking with where we picked our prediction to be at the start of the year. I'm still going with Karsten Cater at this time. It's so close between uh, Dylan Ruptash, Alexei Sylvester, Jordan Gibbs, Karsten Cater, and Riley Ash. Like, it is as tight of race as you can be. The fact he being a 16-year-old defenseman that plays a lot of minutes and his sixth in the league in rookie scoring, I still think that gives him the edge. And he has a few games at hand over a couple of the players that are above. So maybe when they get the games evened up, he creeps up into third or second in rookie scoring as a defenseman. So right now it's still Karsten Cater, but it's the closest category for me in terms of picking a player. Jamie? Yeah, I, w- I went through a bunch as well. Same same with Rory. But I'm going to go with Riley Ash for uh, a couple of reasons. He's got 26 points, first of all, to lead all rookies in points. Uh, and, he, you know, he's keep, kept Melford ticking when, when, again, I've mentioned it earlier, when the veterans have been hurt, committed to the University of Nebraska-Omaha, mm-hmm. so they don't have to pick between uh, Rookie of the Year because they're getting both Cater and Ash <laughs> at Nebraska-Omaha, and those are great pickups. But what I love about Riley Ash, plus 17 on the year for a young offensive guy certainly trevor blevin's system is a one that a good one to play in if you're not going to want to give up goals but plus 17 for a 16 year old forward that plays a lot in all situations for melfort and that many points uh, i'm going to give it to riley ash regardless there's a lot of talented rookies in the saskatchewan junior hockey league this season moving on to the top goalie jamie yeah, I mean, I got to be like what Rory was earlier. It's got to be Josh Cote, and it's got to be unanimous. He's 22-0. and 0, He's got two shutouts. He's the only goalie under two goals against the average. Uh, and nine regulation starts in a wins in a row right now. It's It's got to be Josh Cote for me. Rory? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Josh Cote. You yeah. mentioned it. First yeah. in the league in wins. Yeah. First in goals against. First in save percentage. And not like he hasn't played. He's third in the league saves, so he's getting the shots against yeah. as well, stopping mm-hmm. them. Yeah, he's fourth right. in the league in, in, in minutes played. So it's not like he his defense only allows 18 yeah. shots per game against. He, he's third right. in the league in saves. So, yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing everything. Right. Cote. For, for sure. Uh, moving on. Top defenseman. Uh, there's a lot of good candidates for this one, Rory. 
This one was, again, so hard. Xander Stewart, I had written down uh, for the Nippon Hawks. He does lead all defensemen. Of course, you know, if Blanchard's still around, would you go with him? Jared Sitch has 10 goals. But I, I went with Reese Richmond, the guy that Nugsy talked about earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. because the Flint Flint Bombers are second in the league. They're also second in goals against per game. And Richmond, yeah, he only has one goal, but he's tied for the league lead in defensive assists with 25 assists. He's first in D-man in power play points. He quarterbacks the power play. He kills penalties. Uh, Flint Flint special teams are are right among the top. And and this guy logs about 25 minutes a game. Reese Richmond is having an incredible year. So he gets the nod for me right now. But again, this category was so hard to pick. Mm-hmm. It really was. Jamie? Yeah, yeah, so hard. I, again, I went back and forth. Uh, with Richmond and and my guy a bunch, uh, Rory and uh, the, the hockey gods didn't want us to agree too much. So there you go. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Jared <laughs> Sitch. Over 28 minutes a game, he's the only D man in the league with double digits and goals uh, right now, and he plays so much. He's dominant his own in his own zone. Uh, as I mentioned before, the most dominant defensive defenseman in the league, and uh, you know he he only has 10 of his points on the power play. Richmond has 19 of his points. Xander Stewart has 17 of his points on the power play, so only 10 points on the power play for Sitch. So he gets them, you know, all over the place, and he plays a lot with a lot of inexperienced guys. With you know, I, I mentioned it to him recently. Maybe one or two shifts I can think of five on five with Sam Croon all year, the other veteran D man on this Notre Dame team. So uh, you know, he does so much. He's so important to the Hounds, and I think he's just been so incredible all year long. And just in terms of the guys around him. He does the most with that. So I'm going to go with uh, Jared Sitch. Lots of great defensemen to pick from uh, for top defensemen. Moving on, Jamie, let's go to top forward. Who do you got? Yeah, so I'm marrying MVP and, and top forward uh, into one category. And I'm going to go with uh, Holden Dole, the Ferris State uh, commit top line centerman. Um, because is he a centerman? Does he get a, f- a point more than Kean Bell because he's a centerman? I don't know. Uh, only guy in the league over two points per game, though, because he, uh, you know, he missed some time trying to try out for Team Canada West. He has 58 points in 28 games. Um, you know, he's hard to play against in his own zone. He's plus 31. Uh, he does it all for the Stars. He's on a 12-game point streak right now. Uh, nobody's been stopping Holden Dole, and, and he does it all in all three zones. What more can you want? So Holden Dole. Rory, who's your top forward? Yeah, I'll go with the other one. I mean, I had it was Kean Bell or Holden Dole. I think that's who is top two in everyone's list right now. I'll, I'll go right. Kean Bell, and I will also double him up MVP and forward. Uh, it's, it's 31 goals It's thir- in 31 games. And I love the fact that he has that little bet going on with his uncle who had 51 goals. That just makes it so interesting <laughs> yeah. for me to, to have him keep churning along and try and get not only 50 goals in 50 games, but 50 goals in, or 56 goals in 56 games. He's got, what, 25 more games to go? I think he's going to do it. Yeah, I think he was being very modest. I think uh, I think the three of us can agree that there's a very good chance that he's probably going to hit that 50 goal mark uh, this season. So that's your midseason awards. Let us know what you think in the comments below. But let's quickly just take a look at the upcoming games coming up in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League early on this week. Uh, the week kicks off tomorrow night in Radville. 
not at the Duncan McNeilan Arena in Wilcox. And it's not at 8 o'clock, which is also a surprise. It's at 7 as the Weyburn Red Wings and the Notre Dame Hounds meet tomorrow night. And then on Wednesday, the Yorkton Terriers will visit the Estevan Bruins. Both teams coming off getting swept over the weekend. So both teams will be hungry to try and get back in the win column. And then... The Nipwin Hawks will visit the LaRange Ice Wolves. LaRange had a bit of a, a week off after their two midweek games where they lost both games. And, of course, the Hawks are looking to get back in the win column as well after that 4-3 loss to Melfort. But before we go, guys, I don't really want to ask you about what you're excited for this week. I want to talk about tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we talked about it early on in the show is the January 10th trade deadline uh, across junior hockey in, in Canada. Rory, I'll ask you this first. What are you expecting from, I guess, teams in the SJHL over the course of the next, what, 26 and a half hours? What, what do you expect is going to happen? Does producer Clark extraordinaire over there got uh, a soundbite of crickets? Because that's what I—that's what I expect. <laughs> he says no. I can hear. And you know what? Uh, I, and, and you know what? The commission won't want me to do the sound effects after the first time I try to do sound effects. So you'll just have to pretend that they're uh, there. Look, there'll be a couple moves, but I don't think it's going to be yeah. that noisy at all. I, I think it's going to be quite quiet. I know there's a couple teams looking for a goaltender. The market's as thin as it's ever been. I'm sure everyone wants to bring in one more defenseman to help with maybe you know injuries. Another thing is, I don't know where cards lie for a lot of these teams. I'm sure some teams are down to one, maybe two cards left. Right? So you got to get down. That's you got to get down to 23. You might be running out of cards, and I don't think any of the teams, like Jamie mentioned, thinks that they're out of the playoff race. So it's going to probably right. come from outside the league, and it's going to be minimal, under five, I would probably say, of impact players coming in to boast a team. Wow. Jamie, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Rory hit on the head. I think I said it uh, earlier. I think if anybody adds, it'll be from either the BCHL, you know, outside of the CJHL, or you know, or maybe maybe guys who kind of drop down from the North American Hockey League because it's not just the trade deadline; it's it's the drop down to twenty three carded players. So you know, maybe a guy cuts loose and gets picked up. But you know, if you're worried about your twenty third guy at this point in the year, then you're probably not super happy with your roster, anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, again, I, what Rory said, uh, if we could get some crickets, that'd be great. <laughs> we'll get we'll get that lined up for uh, maybe next week Perfect. On, on the show. But regardless, you know, the trade deadline, like we mentioned, is in about 26, 27 hours or so. So if you want to stay up to date in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League with any transactions, be sure to follow us across all the social media platforms and be sure to follow all the teams on their social media platforms because that will be the best source of information for you when it comes to the January 10th trade deadline uh my final question to both you guys i'll start with rory and this has nothing to do with hockey but uh was santa good to you rory did you have a good did you you get the presents you wanted from santa this year you know what santa's always good to me and i uh i had great times i had great times with family and friends and hit the reset button uh you know good good amount of time off and that's all i really asked for so uh, it was mm. just a lot of love that went around. And so it was great. Yeah. So Jamie, was Santa good to you? Absolutely not. And that's okay because I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and Santa was good to them. So nobody cares about me anymore. It's all about my three-year-old and my one-year-old. And that's the way it should be. I did get some uh, Maple Leaf boxer shorts. So I'm happy with that. 
And wow. uh, yeah, Miriam, Miriam well, and Abigail. If you are guys, happy, so that's what matters. That's all that matters for sure. But if San if if you weren't too happy with the gifts you got from Santa, the good news is you could still get a good gift courtesy of the SJHL raffle brought to you by Polaris, where you could, there it is, hopping into the graphic. You could potentially win a Polaris side-by-side. -side. That was the segue I was trying to go with, guys. Um, but of course, the draw is going to take place on April 27th. As you can see on your screen, tickets are on sale until April 23rd. One ticket for $25, three for $50, 10 for 100 All the information to find uh, when, it comes to SJ, uh, when it comes to the SJHL raffle can be found at shhlraffle.ca and you could potentially win yourself a brand new Polaris side-by-side -side when we do the draw live on April 27th. Uh, before we go, guys, though, aside from the trade deadline, I'll ask you this and I'll start with Jamie this time, but when it comes to this week's action in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, what are you looking forward to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into a neutral site game in Radville. I loved it in Radville last year. I called a couple of U18 games. It's going to be cold, but I love calling it. The atmosphere is going to be bananas for Notre Dame and Weyburn tomorrow night. Haven't seen the Hounds play since December the 16th. So they've had a long wow. time off. My vocal cords have had a long time off. So, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I still remember how to do this. But uh, yeah, I I'm looking forward to just calling a hockey game. To be honest, it's been a while. So that should be fun. Fair enough. Rory, how about you? I don't usually do this, but I'm just going to stick with the Broncos. I think that reset button, you know, it generates the the drive to get back into the, you know, not that you ever lose it, but for that second half of the season and everyone knows the intensity picks mm -hmm. up, uh, you're, you're driving towards playoff races, home ice advantage races. And the Humble Broncos will take on the Flin Flon Bombers for the third straight game. So that's a rubber match. That one will have a lot of intensity into it. And then the weekend, it's a home-and-home -home series against the Melfort Mustangs, which, you know, that rivalry always brings the best out of SJHL hockey as well. So I'm just, like Newsy said, uh, the New Year's now, we're in it. And it's another step of intensity in the SJHL, which brings out the best in all the teams. And I can't wait for it. 100%. A lot of great games this week across the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. So if you can make it out to your local rink to catch out some of the action, uh, you will not be disappointed. But of course, if you can't make it out to the rink, you can catch all the action on Hockey TV. Now, before we go, got to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors once again in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and the sponsors that support our show each and every week, that being Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, Young's Equipment, and Sask Lotteries. Thank you so much for your support because, again, without your support, we wouldn't be able to put on these shows each and every week and uh, talk about the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and recap everything that's going on across the league. Tomorrow's the trade deadline in the SJHL and across the CJHL. So stay up to date. If you want to stay up to date with any of the transactions that take place, be sure to follow the SJHL across all of our social media platforms. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find all of our shows, features, highlights, and so much more. It is going to be a jam-packed week in the SJHL, so stay tuned on all of our SJHL social media platforms. For Rory McGoran, Jamie Neugebauer, my name is Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another great episode of SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms.